Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 223. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson, who is finally home. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? It feels good to be in Canada. Sorry, America. Not. I, I, I'm glad to be home. As, as you should be. Uh, if you weren't following along on Twitter, it was, uh, well, a disaster for Mitch trying to get back into uh, the country. Just absolute nightmare when it comes to getting a test. Not even. I got three tests already. Three tests in the last, like, 72 hours. Um, because if you don't know, to get back into Canada, you need to pro- provide a negative COVID PCR test. So it's the molecular one. We go right up into your brain. Um, 72 hours before you hit the border. And so I had one done in New York City and the results didn't get posted before I left. But I thought they're going to get posted. Why wouldn't they? Turns out these things break. Apparently they just broke my test and didn't, didn't bother to tell me. I had to call them and really stress like, hey, this isn't right. Something's wrong here. Oh, yes, yes. And they had to check and like it was broken. So you need another one. I'm in like Plattsburgh at this point. It just was not working. Anyways, I got one done. Obviously, I'm here in Canada finally. I'm glad to be back. I had a good time, but we'll get to that in the later portion of the show. How are you doing, Matt? Fully recovered. Voice is back. Thank God. That was brutal. Was good enough in time to go to the game as well. The voice is back. Things are trending in the right direction for myself. Mitch is home, so things trending in the right direction there. As far as the team, it could not be any worse right now, Mitch. (laughs) We've recovered. They have not. No. So that's what we will start today's episode off with because as of right now, you know, this isn't a math podcast, right? We've (laughs) established this multiple times. 30% of the Islanders roster initially has tested positive with COVID. Seven players is 30%. Um, and you also have Ryan Pollock, who since last time we've spoken 
is out with a lower body injury four to six weeks. And, oh, by the way, Brock Nelson, who's leading the team in points and is your second-line center, is out two to four weeks. So everything and anything is going wrong right now for this team. It's all bad news. All of it is bad news, right? Like you said, we've got Pollock out for four to six weeks. That's a long time for your number one right-handed defenseman. Then you got your second pair or second line center gone. And like you said, top point getter, top goal scorer, um, plays in every situation. All three, five on five, does plays the perfect Barry way. He gone. And then you add all the COVID outs. Right, so we Josh Bailey isn't back till at least next weekend, apparently. Yep, um, that's insane. And then now we've got Bo, no, Bo's back, sorry, Green, um, Pelic, Chara. So our entire defense is gone. Uh, And I know some people are going to be cheering about that, but like you really need to check your head if you're you're happy that someone caught COVID. Come on, yeah, that I didn't like. I did see some of that on Twitter, which is awful, but um. Unfortunately, that's what happens. Uh, and Anders Lee to go to the forwards. A- Anders mm-hmm. Lee, so top line left wing, gone. Uh, Ross Johnson and Kiefer Bellows, gone. And there's one more that I think we're missing. Why Josh Bailey, I guess. And Bailey, yeah, there you go. That's a lot. That's a lot of absentees for this team at once. And we're still playing games. I, like as far as it stands right now, we're recording this on the Tuesday because there's supposed to be a Wednesday game. They're they're apparently playing the Rangers. They've already played the Calgary Flames and they've already played the Toronto Maple Leafs and potentially exposed both of those teams to COVID. Right, that only stands to reason. Charo was playing in both of those games, um, and Bo was not. No, Bo only no, played that, the positive, the Toronto said. one when he was yeah. So you're exposed, and it's all, clearly around everyone in the team. And you're exposing those two teams. Now you're going to potentially expose the New York Rangers to it. When does this stop? When is there a magic number where they're like, yes, you've hit the magic 10 players on the list. Ding, ding. You get game postponed. What? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it because clearly it's like it's out of control, obviously, as more it, it's, it wasn't like, OK, one or two guys got it and it was an isolated incident. No one else on the team got it. So they continue to play. It was. Josh Bailey, and then every like everything under the sun after that. More and more bodies started to fall. Um, so it's clearly out there. And like that's the thing that I'm so frustrated with the NHL about is claiming player safety, right? Like that's one of the things that they're trying to do. And when they're, it's the enforcement of the new uh, rules of the game and, and taking you know headshots out and fighting out and all that stuff out of the game. Great. And then with COVID, it was, okay, we want to keep these guys safe. That's why we we're promoting the, the, uh, the vaccine and we're doing testing. And all that stuff is well and good. But when you have guys, asymptomatic or not, whatever the situation is, they could still pass COVID on and they're going to be continuing to play games. And this could spiral into a league-wide if, issue if they don't shut it down. Absolutely. Well, 100%, right? You're sending Calgary back to Western Canada. You're sending Toronto back to Toronto and wherever else, I imagine, on a little bit of a road trip. And then you got the Rangers coming in and they're going to go other places too. Like we've seen how this spreads. And yes, they're all vaccinated. Well, I, I believe most of these, these teams are. Uh, we know the Islanders are 100% vaccinated. I believe the other teams are, are somewhere very close, if not 100% as well. Um, but that doesn't prevent them from getting it. It prevents them from, you know, getting severely uh, sick. 
and it, it might pr- protect them from getting it uh, to a certain degree, but like, I'm not a scientist. So I'm not going to speak to that science, uh, but it's clearly spreading. It's clearly doing that. What are we doing if not exposing others? Like you said, like we, we the, if we're all about player safety, shut it down for a couple of games. What do you have to lose? I get Calgary. I, I get that first off because there's the home opener and the list wasn't as severe as we uh, was, we're seeing it now. Um, also, you've got a Western Canadian or a Western Canadian team, you know, sending them back to New York later on in the year is kind of hard to do. But the Rangers, like they're right here. You can make up that game a lot easier. Yeah, without a doubt. That that one seems like a no brainer. And especially today when that number reached seven and hit that 30 percent threshold, that that's just that that's crazy to me. Like, I, I that's don't under- a lot. Yeah, it, it is a lot. And then you add the two injuries on top of that, like the Islanders have no competitive, they're at a complete competitive disadvantage. And I know that the injury thing's different. I'm not equating the two, but it's just, it's too much. Uh, what is, what's the point where enough is enough? Apparently they haven't reached that, which I just, I know you don't have an answer to this. It's just my frustration coming out now is what, how bad does it have to get before they do something? And like, I think that's the question on everyone's mind. Like, how bad does it have to get to the NH- for the NHL to go like, you know what? Yeah, now, now this is too much. Guys, we have seven players on the list. Plus the, well, no, let's not even count the injuries. Seven players on the list. That's already a lot of players gone with COVID. What are we doing here? What, it has to be 10 at that point. Like, half? It's got to be half. What are we talking about? The tweetage, it should be a third. No more than a third, but, you know, I don't think you can get an exact third with 20 players, right? It is not dividable. So, like, 30% is pretty damn close to a third, right? Like, we're right there. You can't have an extra half player to, to round it up. So, like, this should be the threshold. We were like, no, let's get this down. And it's not like seven players at once either, right? We're talking about seven players since the Florida game. Right. That's a long time. You've had X number of days. I forget the exact number of days here between the Florida game and now where players keep on getting added and only one player has come off. It was Tuesday. It's been it's been a week. It's been a week of, of, of continuous growth. Come on, guys. At what point were you like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to stop this. It just doesn't help anyone. And then you're bringing up other guys who are also getting exposed to it. Right. Like, at what point? Like, now you're not only impacting the Islanders and the other NHL teams. What about these guys that come up? So you you got a guy come up, and then if he goes back down because someone came in to, I don't know, uh, came back off the list for negative or, or something, or just, you know, the time elapsed, he goes back and gives it to the Bridgeport Islanders. Well, now you've got an AHL thing. Like, it's just, it's just growing and growing and growing. Why don't we just stop it for a couple of days? Why the hell not? Right, and who knows? Maybe after three days, guys start to test it because that's what you need. You need more, you know, negative tests to start rolling in, and these guys can come out of the protocol. So yeah, why don't you shut it down for? I don't know. When's the Islanders' next game after tomorrow? I was I was on the same wavelength. I'm bringing up the the schedule right now. The next game after tomorrow is on Friday, so you got another two days after that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so like. That, that, but that gives them time, right? If they, they play Sunday and Friday, that would have given them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday 
to fix everything. Maybe not fix everything. That that's that's not what I want to say. Um, to get players off. Uh, hopefully, obviously, because they can't just like fix it with a wand. Um, but that gives them an extra two days. That would be Wednesday and Thursday to effectively, hopefully, get players off of the list. And you've only had to postpone one game against the the team that is just across the river. Yeah, I don't. Don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense not to. It, it really doesn't. So I'm not sure. Um, what else the NHL is waiting for? No, absolutely not. And, uh, well, unfortunately, it's not just the COVID issues. It's on top of that. They also, um, they, they are down now two other important pieces in Ryan Pollock and Brock Nelson, which we talked about. That's your, one of your, your, your top four right-handed defensemen. I would say top pair, but they've kind of switched up the pairs. And yeah. your second line center, who happens to be leading the team in points, and it's just like, how much more can this team possibly take right now? And and the thing with those two guys going out is that you don't have obvious replacements for them, right? Like, Noah Dobson has to step up to be the top right-hander. Cool, then who do you bring in? Grant Hutton? He's been okay, but... Mm, no, mm. it'll probably be Salo, and a lefty's going to play on the right side. And then it'll be Sallow. So like, um, and it, sorry, it sounded like I was echoing what you were saying yeah. because I didn't hear you. I agree. Sallow will be the guy playing on the right. <laughs> Just sorry. The way I said it sounded like I was trying to like say what you said. Anyways. And then at center, who pl- who takes, who moves up? I guess Peugeot, but then who's coming in to take Sezikis' spot if he also moves up a, a spot? That's the thing. Like... I don't know. It's a domino effect. Do you move Anthony Beauvillier back to center? I wrote something yesterday about um, lines with uh, with the injuries and everyone who was uh, out with COVID. And that was before the Chara news today. So he was included in my lineup. But I, I moved Beauvillier back to center just because I, I don't know what else this team could possibly do right now to try to generate offense. Yeah, it, it is, it's honestly not just moving up the fourth line to play third line minutes. It, it really isn't. I love the fourth line, uh, but you're not gonna get you're not gonna squeeze blood out of a rock with this one. You you, you just won't. Uh, so it's not like let's call up Cole Barjo to be now the new fourth line center. Yeah, cool, that's a good fit. But again, now you've got two fourth lines. That doesn't yeah. work. No, no, it doesn't. And like one fourth line that's significantly worse than the first one. And like at times in Peugeot's Islanders career, you could absolutely say he could plug in as a second line center and be fine. But for whatever reason right now, the the points aren't there. So it's not like you can just go in and be like, oh, yeah, that's our 40 point second line center. No, he's not playing at that level right now. Uh, He doesn't you can't really move him up. So I I forget what I did. I might have ended up going like. Golashev, Bo, Palmieri or something for the second line. Yeah, I think honestly for the Islanders, it's going to have to be 11 forward, 7 D. Just roll yeah, three maybe. lines, two subs, and you're able to like, and by subs, I mean guys who can come in and pull minutes off of someone else depending on the situation. And then same thing with the D. You, you just run guys and this is the time to find out what you've got. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to get to that in the down on the farm section. This is the time to find out what you've got. Uh, and the Islanders are, are trying to do that, it seems. So they're trying to do what they can, but they're really kind of stuck with, with, with the situation they're in because it's not just 
one or two players they've got to plug in, like we see the Pittsburgh Penguins do every now and again. Yep. This is, they've got two full lines basically out. It's not good. Not good at all. What is good, though, is the new home. Yes. So let's transition. We had to start with, you know, obviously the big story this week was uh, the one, the losing streak continuing, but part of the reason for that, it, uh, the COVID and injuries. Um, so let's get into UBS. The Islanders played two games at home. We were there for the home opener. Mitch, what, what overall thoughts? I know we've talked about this a lot in the last two shows, but obviously a huge story, but actually going and, and being there for it. What takeaways? It was surreal. It really was. Um, I've got my flag behind me. Oh, my other shoulder, that one there, um, sitting there. Uh, it's a really big flag. The one that they gave you when you yeah. walked in the door on the first day. It, it's 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 a meaty flag. It's not some like cheap little thing. So they they, they went all out on that thing. Um, but they they really that that pl- that that place that arena that home is absolutely incredible. Um, and we could talk about all like the little, oh, they got space and the team shop is nice and this and that. And the other thing, it was just a perfect place to watch hockey. There, there is nothing, there, there is no negative about it. None. Not, not as, even like people are, oh, there are still lines for the bathrooms. Well, that's what happens, right? Like when everyone's going at once, there's going to be a line. Did you get through that line pretty quick? Heck yeah, yeah you did. It took like two minutes. It would have taken ten times that amount at the at the Coliseum. Right. To me, that my biggest takeaways. I'm going to start with the po- that's ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive. My yeah. I'm very picky with my two critiques, and they're very easily fixable. By the way, okay. um, but with the positive, as soon as you walk in, uh, it just felt like bright. Like the lights were bright, and then you go up those the stairs in the main entrance or the escalator. And you see, like, the Islanders Wall of Fame right there. And it's very Islanders-centric. There's Islanders all over the walls. You didn't necessarily have that in past places. So it felt, it very much so felt like a home and our home. And it's not like we're sharing it with, you know, an NBA team. Because in a lot of cities, even if there's only one team, like, I don't know, for example, the Flyers. There's only one team in Philadelphia, but they share that building with the 76ers. Because, I mean, it, it doesn't really make sense to have two arenas, one for a basketball team, one for the hockey team. But from the, this Islander space, it's only theirs. It's not like you see like, oh, it, there's some Knicks slash Nets, whoever you're sharing it with, and Islander stuff. No, no, no. It's only ours, which is just really cool. And the amount of bathrooms, the amount of places you can get food or, or drinks, it was just, it was really, really cool to just go there and, you know, experience all that. Two quick negatives quote unquote i'm using negatives in air quotes here i want to get your take on it and then we'll get back, more back into just overall takeaways I th- and both are bathroom related number one a shelf above the urinals to put a drink on mm. so when you go to the bathroom easy fix and uh pumping like the sound so like i don't know chris king like on the radio call of the game going on in the bathroom while you're using it that's it that's what, and that's very again i know it's nitpicky but that's my only two gripes. Yeah, so then you're not missing a second of the game and you're being completely bombarded by Islanders hockey. Um, it's it's still not done, right? It feels to me like it, it it's as done as it needs to be to have live games, but it's not 100% complete. Like there's still some work that needs to be done to f- totally finish it off. And I think those two suggestions are great. There's 
really not a whole lot of negatives. I've I've got two, but I'm going to save those for for the the end there, obviously, because let's talk about the positives. Um, the Great Hall was oh, great. Yes, if it right. lives up to the name, you ju- you just go in and it's. I don't know. You just I felt myself just like looking up like a little kid, just looking around and taking it all in. Yeah. The parking situation was pretty good, actually. When I, I drove in for game one, thank you very much for free parking. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, now we drove right in, parked, and at, at the end of the game, we waited a little bit. We went into the team store, and by the time we were done at the team store, the line was incredibly long. Um, we went right out onto the highway. Done. <laughs> like, honestly, like, out right away. No line, no nothing. We were out of there, and we were home within 20 minutes. Yeah, the uh, so I didn't go to the team store after the game, so there was some traffic getting out. But once I was on the cross island, it moved very, very quickly. Um, but yeah, that and I like that it was free for the first game too. That was uh, a nice plus. Yeah, the Heineken Lounge was my favorite place to be. That was really outside cool. of offside. Yeah, being at offside, having offside there was really cool. But the Heineken Lounge, it just looked. Really, I don't know. It was nice. Like the whole building is, it's just, uh, it doesn't feel like you're at a sports venue. It's just, it's a really nice place. The food was excellent too. The, there's just, yeah. So that's my, one of my negatives is the really? food. Okay. Yeah. So because you, s- <laughs> there are a few vendors that were really good and a few others that were clearly generic where the, you didn't see any lineups, but the Shack Chicken uh, was a hit because the lineup for that was ridiculous. Every time I was there for both games, every period, there was always a super ridiculously long line for the chicken. So good job, blue line and and shack chicken for that. Um, I did not have it. I wanted to, but like the lines was just way too long every time. Um, So next time, I guess maybe people will be I will have it and be tired. And so I'll probably be able to get it. There you go. Um, But they need more vendors. They clearly need more more. And, and not just the thought that they didn't have any vendors, but more specialty vendors than just kind of like buy a hot dog type of thing, right? Gotcha. They need, okay. they need more of that. Um, one final positive before I get to the negatives. Uh, my second favorite thing in that arena, and even I think it's my first favorite thing, is having the Isles Meetups logo over the yeah. tailgate bar. That it's it's one it looks really cool. Just like the tailgate bar itself looks really cool, but that's such a nice touch too to for the Islanders like to give a shout out to their fans like that. And it's predominant, it's big, it's loud. You see it from the ice. Uh it, it's incredible. I I love it. I thought when they did the initial renderings there was big blown up pictures of, of famous moments in Islanders history. This is a thousand times better. We've all seen the Bob Nystrom goal. We've all seen yeah. it million times uh nft or not we're gonna know what it's gonna be like for years and years and years to come this is incredible having the isles meetup logos right there reminding everyone that even when you leave here there is still a connection to wherever you're going to this team um my last negative is the train yeah that not yeah not good coming in not bad and maybe other people, I've seen other people I have different experiences, but when I left the Toronto game to get back to Manhattan, it was not a good time. Not a good time at all. We just sat there waiting at the arena and then ended up missing the connection at Jamaica to Penn Station because we just sat there at the arena. 
meanwhile there was another train there i don't understand why they did that yeah i i i don't i don't know i for for myself where i'm located taking the train doesn't really make sense for me and i think most people uh, especially on the south shore of long island will find themselves not taking the train to the game but for people coming from west so from the city or jersey you're much more likely obviously to take mass transit and there's got to be a better way because it how long did it take you to get home to or back to the city two hours it was insane it was super long and expensive it's really expensive right yeah it's what if it's off peak it's twelve dollars i believe and i I think that's rounding down i thought probably 18 and 20 i thought i saw right that's so much money well, i don't understand yeah. if they, they want to incentivize taking the train and, and ryan is as, as champion this why don't they have like free ridership if you buy a ticket or some sort of rebate you bought a ticket here's 50 percent off minimum yeah well or so, yeah that, that makes sense some kind some kind of rebate incentive to take incentive. the train yeah. a, a good point to that uh not only Ryan, but I've seen other people bring up as well. So if you are, if you drive in, you're you're paying one price per car, obviously. Mm. So if you have four people in a car, you're only playing, let's just use round numbers, $20, let's say. But if you and four friends go and take the train, each one of you has to pay the $20. So that is de-incentivizing it that way. So in order to, I guess, maybe even just make up for it and make it even, quote unquote, some sort of rebate would make sense, I would say. Absolutely. But the, the the big takeaway for me is that it felt good to my soul, not just being there physically in the building, and I'm sure other people will have the same takeaway here, is being there with everyone in the building. I saw so many of you listening that came up and talked about the show or talked about me, talked about Matt, uh, or people that I'd already known beforehand. Just hanging out with all of you in person felt so yeah. good it really warmed my heart like I, I don't see a lot of people i don't live on the island i don't live in new york i live pretty far away so my main interactions with everyone and honestly i'm a blogger so i literally stay in my <laughs> basement every day um it is is virtually so to see everyone in person oh it was chicken soup for the soul right here yeah well first and foremost I mean, I've done, we've done 223 episodes of this and I've known Mitch for five years, but I could probably count on two hands how many times I've seen Mitch live in the flesh. So one just hanging out was awesome and always loved that. Um, but yeah, just we were at offside before the game and we were just talking to, to people or even just, you know, walking around and bumping into people. It was just, I don't know. It was awesome. So really appreciate, you know, the, the love and support there and. I wish we could do that more often. Yeah, I really, I really do. It's well, hopefully they, well, right on Monday, they're getting rid of this COVID thing, at least at the border. So it makes it a whole lot easier to get to, to New York for me. Um, so yeah, ideally I'm going to make more trips, but I'm going to take a little rest for now because it was kind of a stressful one this time. Completely understandable. <laughs> um, I, oh my God, I'm still at a loss for words. How, how bad that was. It was not fun, but more more coming eventually. I, I don't have anything figured out, but I, I do. I 
God, I have to bring the kids because like every time I tell them about New York, they have they, my, my, I live in Ottawa. There's no concept of the kind of infrastructure that exists in New York in terms of just buildings. They have no idea. I tell them about like, oh, there's like a 50, 60 story building everywhere. And they're like, the hell are you talking about? This buildings are at least two stories like our house and that's it. And there's no traffic. What, what do you mean traffic? They have no concept oh. of, of what New York is even like. I can't well, wait. While I was while I did not like that you experienced your experience coming home from obviously driving, but also the train, that even just initiates you more as a Long Islander because your hate for the Long Island Railroad grew, <laughs> which we all Long Islanders loathe the Long Island Railroad. So you are now even more so one of us. Yeah, uh, eventually I will get the Long Island tattoo, I'm sure. But I, I have to go through all the rites of passage before I feel comfortable getting it. <laughs> there you go. So with that, shall we get into some down on the farm? I know some of our guys we've talked about a lot are actually up here. So I don't know if it counts. Yeah, we have a lot of guys up. And so what I wanted to do right now is just talk about the... I broke it into two sections. I called it weak and strong. Weak and strong. I don't know why I could say that word for some reason. Um and what I'm trying to do with that is we're getting an audition with what we've got in terms of the prospect pool now. And what I mean by that, again, to clar further clarify that, is we're getting a sense of who's in, in the Islanders um, organization, who's ready in their mind now uh, and who isn't. And to me, the guys who are quote unquote ready now, not many of them are actually ready at all and probably won't ever be. Okay, so that's not promising. It's not, it doesn't look good. And I don't mean Robin Sallow here. That's one of the few guys who they feel is ready now, but is doing well. But when you got guys like Andy Andriov is up, not doing great. Grant Hutton is yeah. fine, but like- The fine might even be nice. Yeah, it's fine, even for a bottom pair defenseman. Can yeah. he play at the NHL level? Probably. He's replacement level. He's replacement level. Don't don't even. If anyone's gonna say he's gonna be a top four defenseman, stop. Stop. No. Stop. It doesn't look like it. Um, and it's, and it goes on. Everyone who's come up, you're like, cool. You've done very little, very little. Um, so we'll see as things go forward. But then when you look at the guys coming up, there's a lot of promise. These guys who aren't quote unquote ready yet, right? So like. We got guys like Otratu, obviously, mm -hmm. um, or Simon Holmstrom taking big strides this year at the AHL level. Um, he hasn't been called up. Anatoly Golishev has finally been recalled uh, or yeah, re recalled from his loan in Bridgeport. So he should play against the Rangers. We'll see what he does. Um, this is a guy they're grooming for a top nine forward role at some level. And what I mean by level is as can he competes in a third line role second line role or even top line role i think it's going to be the first one rather than the uh, and by sorry i i think it's going to be a third line role not a first line role but mm -hmm. hopefully it's the, it's the better option of the three but we're getting a sense of what the islanders prospect pool looks like in terms of quality and if anyone thought like oh boy we're gonna find some gems here <clears throat> nope not necessarily. Maybe eventually in a couple of years we might find some, but even then, some of those guys, th there's no one outside of like Aturatu in the prospect pool that we haven't seen play at the NHL level who projects to be something at the NHL level 
uh, in terms of a top end player. And by that, I mean like a top six for a forward. Okay. Not even Simon Holmstrom? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's kind of sad considering where the Islanders took him. At best, middle six player for Simon Holmstrom. That's okay. You, you, I kind of figured that, but it don't love hearing that. Um, yeah, I kind of, I want to see Gulashev play, and I think he can be like a middle six, like a third, maybe second line player at best. I just don't know, like when everyone does get healthy, who he is coming in for and sticking for in the everyday lineup. Well, that that's the thing, right? He's got to outplay someone. And so the guys he's got to outplay are is any anyone ahead of him. He's not going to outplay the fourth line, which is always weird, um, just because he's not going to do Cal Clutterbuck. He's not going to be like him. He's not going to be Matt Martin, that's for sure. He's like 5'6". He's not a very big player. He plays hard, uh, but he's not physically imposing in, in terms of his stature. Um, so that means he's got to outplay one of the top six guys. Okay, was well, it going to be Lee? No, it's captain. He's not going anywhere. Is it going to be Palmieri? Mm, I have a hard time believing that. Parise? Okay, maybe. But he's got to score. If he doesn't score, then no. But if he starts putting in pucks, sorry, Zach. Like I think Zach has been, pardon me, one of the better players for the Islanders in terms of consistency and work ethic. I agree. Uh, he he's playing hard. He plays well, and he's doing it every night in all three zones. Um, but we still need goals, and if he can't put in goals, cool. It's great that you got an expected goals for a sixty-seven or or whatever it was. It's probably a little bit lower now, maybe like fifty-five or something. But we need actual goals too, and and that's not happening right now. With am I still crazy with? specifically Zach Parise and to a lesser extent Kyle Palmieri, I really feel like that any day now that's just going to change and the the goals are going to start coming. They're not crazy. It should. Will it? We'll see. Um, we've seen Anders Lee shoot at 2% on the power play for the entire season, so yeah, that, we thought that was going to change. That still doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, and like and that, sorry, it did change, but like the next year, yeah. <laughs> during the year. So he's going to have to outplay someone if he wants to keep a spot. I don't think he's going to be able to do so. He might be able to pl- outplay Kiefer Bellows for the 13th forward spot. That seems feasible. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's got, he's got an opportunity coming up probably against the Rangers unless they postpone the game. Um, but we'll see what he does with it. That's where we're at right now with the Islanders prospect pools. That the guys who they feel are ready aren't anything to write home about. And the guys who aren't necessarily ready yet seem to be pretty darn good. And what I'm referencing here is the Aturatus. Bodie Wild even is doing better in, in Sweden now. Simon Holmstrom seems to be doing well. Otto Koivl is doing well. Uh, Arnaud Durando as well. Um, these are all guys who are, I wouldn't say ready, but are banging on the door to be like, yo, can I get a chance at some point? And the Islanders just aren't there yet. They're, they're still relying on their, we're going to trust veterans first. That's why you got guys like Andy Andreov up there. And, and then we'll go from there. But honestly, like you're, you're missing seven to nine guys. Like, 
bring up Simon Holmstrom. What the hell do you have to lose at this point? Let's see if he's ready. Give it a shot. What do you, you've got nothing to lose. I guess you're right. And you're, this is off topic, but what you said sparked something when you were talking about relying on the veterans uh, over some of the younger guys. One player who we haven't mentioned who I thought actually looked pretty good in two games is Richard Ponick. He's been fine. I don't. Some people are going like, he's great. He needs to stick. And I'm going like, please, no. He had a good shift on the power play, which was, you know, mana from heaven for him. Uh, He's been okay. But but that's good, right? I don't think, again, same with Goloshev. Like, I don't think he is taking anyone's place. But for, like, comparatively to Andy Andriov, give me Ponick. Any day of the week, or even thirteenth forward, I would take Panic over both Bellows and uh, uh, Ross Johnston at this point. Absolutely, and it, we don't have to worry about the cap, right? So, like, why not? Yeah, he's more expensive than most of these guys, but we don't have to worry about the cap, so it doesn't matter. Definitely, as in terms, I think he's outplayed Kiefer Bellows as a thirteenth forward, sure. Um, but that means they got to wave him, and I don't think they're going to do that. But either way, we're getting to technicalities here. But has Panic been good? Sure. But I think that comes to the overall theme of what we're seeing right now. In this tryout window that they have unfortunately been in for the last couple of days because of COVID and stuff, the product that we're seeing and, and the potential isn't – no one stepped up from the prospect pool to be like, oh, damn, this guy uh, this guy could be something outside of Robin Sallow. And even then, Robin did not have a good game against Toronto. No, yeah, he wasn't. Per- he wasn't particularly great, but um, really, no, nobody was. No, I th- honestly like there was the t- the second and third period against uh, Calgary where they played well. Robin Salad played very well, and then um, and like even then, like he he played okay against Toronto, but he had that one really dumb mistake, and that was about it. That sunk his game right there. Yeah, that's true, but man, it, it's just. It goes right back to what we were doing at the beginning, the tough spot the Islanders are in right now. Yeah, and, and through no fault of their own-ish. Like, the the what I mean by that is the fact that they have players out is not their fault, obviously. But the guys that they're calling up to kind of have a look-see, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand why they brought Andy Andrioff up when Matt Martin was healthy. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, great point. I don't know. Or Cal Clutterbuck for that fact. If you got a hole in the fourth line, yep, call up Andy Andrioff for sure. You don't call him up for a third line uh, role. He's not great defensively. He's good offensively at a replacement level, but that's it. Yep. So I don't, and he's, he's demonstrated that his entire career. No knock on him. He's a much better hockey player than I am. There's no question about that. But when it comes to the NHL level, he's a replacement level player that they put on the third line. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, no, me either. I'm, I don't quite understand that decision either. So, that that's it when it comes to down on the farm. All right. So, shall we get to the quiz then? Let's do it. So as we do every week, we have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You have five clues to guess who it is. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. First, I was born on Valentine's Day. Next. Two, I was a 95th overall pick. 95th would be 
third round, right? Or third or fourth round? Okay, don't have a guess yet, though. I played with Pavel Datsuk once. Is it Golishev? It is Golishev. Okay. Good job. There we go. I thought I'd throw you off there with like, oh, is it an older player? I don't know. Oh, God. And, and it kind of is a little bit older, but like, yes, it is Golishev. And when, then from number, clue number four, I've got a neck tattoo. Probably would have given that away right there and then. Um, and then five, I have to score goals because it's in my name. Okay, that w- I would have gotten it then. I didn't know Golishev has a neck tattoo. That I didn't yeah, know. He's got a little neck tattoo. I don't know what it says, but he's got a neck tattoo here. It might be his son's name or something. I'm not really sure. Okay. I haven't looked at it, but yeah, he's got one right right there. I don't know how Lou feels about that, but um, maybe he's going to have to wear a Thomas Placanich turtleneck. Yeah, he might have to turtleneck it up like he's on the Yankees or something. <laughs> So, good job by you. It was Anatoly Golishev. I brought him up just because he's being brought up. No, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, the... Well, I figured a Russian connection, and then, I don't know, process of elimination kind of got it for me there, but... Yeah, he played with uh, Pavel Datsuk on Automobilist just uh, last couple, last two years there. Beautiful. Shall we get to the social? Yes. Uh, here's Sean, or Shang Peng, sorry, saying, Report, Friedman says, San Jose Sharks will retain salary to trade Evander Kane. No. But would there be any take? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to even let you finish it. No, please. <laughs> and so that that's the point of, of me bringing it up. Like, if anyone's like, well, maybe, don't. No. Do not. There, there's no... Lou Lamorello is laughing hysterically at, at the thought of an Islander fan thinking of maybe bringing Evander Kane in. Mm-mm. It's not happening. No, thank you. Yep. I want no part. Wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Not at all. That They can retain as much salary as they want. It's not going to be worth it. Nope. Uh, my first one comes from Barzikas on Twitter. And it says, no honking, eh? Hashtag Isles at UBS Arena. And it is a train coming in to the Elmont station. And the train horn is doing the Let's Go Islanders. Yeah. There, there, was, there was no policing on the honking or the tailgating no. at all. In either lot. Um, so it, it's just going to grow from there, which is fine. That's what we yeah. all want. Um, the tailgate was half the fun, really. Um, the fact that there wasn't much of a tailgate on, on either days kind of bummed me out a little bit. Because um, that, that was that was the fun times. That was the great times. Yeah, I think we got to kind of get our sea legs before we figure that out, you know? That was kind of my mentality as well. Once I was kind of like getting over the bummed state going like, well... It's day two in a new arena where they went out of their way to tell us not to do it. Right. So I I think it's kind of going to take a little bit of time for uh, us to figure out like, okay, what is and what isn't acceptable. And then it'll become more the norm, I guess. Exactly. Uh, My next one here comes from Isles Territory. I think we all know who they are. It is not hyping up one of their incredible videos that they make. Uh, It says, can't prove people wrong without people counting you out. That was a great gift of tapping their head. That's true, because right now, well, a lot of people are counting the New York Islanders out. So if they were to do something crazy, then I don't think many people would buy it. Right. So keep in mind what they have left in ahead of them. Yes, it's still early-ish in the season, and Thanksgiving is going to be in a couple of days. Happy early Thanksgiving to you, Matt. Thank you. I was bombarded with uh, cable TV Thanksgiving and Black Friday ads when I was there yesterday. Oh, I believe it. In my hotel room was... uh, 
which was a whole thing. I watched a lot of Oxygen, by the way, which made things a whole lot worse for me because every hotel room that they showed on that network was the exact hotel room I was in. The exact one. <laughs> so they got it right is what you're telling me. They got it real right. Uh, anyways, and so it's uh, so a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I'm trying to get at. Appreciate it. Um, so what, what do you got? Um, my last one is... Uh, from the New York Islanders official account, and it says, you can write home in ink this time, Brendan Burke. And it's uh, a video montage of his, he's reading his open from the first game, which if you haven't seen that, go out and uh, I was going to say read it, but now you could listen to him pretty much narrate a video from the first couple of days at UBS. And it was a great video if you haven't seen it. I actually haven't, so I, I will now. There we go. So before we go, you didn't have anything else, did you? Or I have one, more. one more. It's not wildly important, I guess, but it's from Everyday Isles. Not that they aren't important. They obviously very very much are. And they have a picture here of Jordan Eberle, and it says Jordan Eberle still rocking his Isles mouth guard. In a live game, they're down at this point of the picture 7-1 to the Colorado Ouch. Avalanche. But regardless, he's got his Islander mouth guard hey, still. Represent. All right. Love that, Ebs. So good job, Eberle. Good job, Everyday Isles. And sorry, now you may do the plugs. There we go. So before we go, wherever you get the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating or a review. That really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch and I am Matt O'Leary and Y. Facebook is facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could visit the Eyes on Isles website, download the fan-sided app and get us there. And last but not least, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, five bucks a month. You can become a patron, get bonus content like post game shows um, after every game, uh, mailbag show, which we're about to do, and a Discord channel, which is a lot of fun. It is. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, people are trying to help me out. Like, where are you? Are you uh, like, are you in Plattsburgh? Are you this place? I was in Plattsburgh the entire time, and Plattsburgh is fine. Um, but uh, I really just stayed in my room the entire time I was there. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. I don't think there's a lot going on in Plattsburgh. I, I didn't even want to. Anyways, yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> That's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.